Okay, today's daf is Yivamas daf Kuf Yud Ches, the last daf of the 15th parak, the second to last parak of Masachas Yivamas. We are holding on the bottom of daf Kuf Yud Zayin Amr Beis at the Mishnah. The Mishnah is going to talk about if we have Hachasha Be'edus Habal, that there is a contradiction between the testimony of two wives of the same husband, whether he's dead or not. So what do we do in terms of allowing them to get remarried or Islam if there's contradiction between two Edim, whether he's dead or not, or two women, whether he's dead or not, whether we allow the wives to get remarried. On Amr Alf, the uh, Mishnah in the middle of the page is going to discuss the Ne'emanus of a daughter-in-law or the Namanus of Itzara to say that her own husband died and that her mother-in-law's husband died, or the Tzara to say that her own husband died, and therefore her Tzara's husband died as well, um, and what, whether she's believed Klape herself, Klape the Tzara, Klape both, Klape neither, we're going to discuss that. On uh, Ahmed Bey's, the top mission is going to talk about it, the strange case where you're Makadish, a woman, and you know that it's, it was one of five women that you were Makadish, you're just not sure which one it was. Or if you steal from somebody, and you know it was one of five people that you stole from, you're just not sure which one it was. So which woman gets a ksuba, which woman gets a get, which uh, guy that you may have stole from do you return the money to? And then the last mission in the parak is going to talk about the manus of a woman about the death of her husband and her son, if she had both, and with the order of the death of the two of them, and the death of a Yavama to Pater from Yibum, the death of her sister to allow her to marry her sister's husband, and the Nehmanus of a man to say that his own brother died in order to be able to do Yibum, or to say that his own wife died in order to be able to marry his uh, his wife's sister. So let's begin with the Mishnah Kuf Yudzayinam Beis. Achas Omeris Meis, Achas Omeris Lo Meis. You have two wives of the same husband. One of them says the husband is dead, and the other one says he is not dead. Zusho Omeris Meis Tinasi Vitito Ksubasa. The one that says he's dead is Naamenas. She's allowed to get remarried and she can collect her Ksuba. But Vizusho Omeris Lo Meis Tinasi Velo Tito Ksubasa. One that says that the one that says that he is not dead cannot get remarried and cannot take her ksuba. It's like a She claims he's not dead, so he's not dead. So she can't uh, get remarried and she cannot collect her ksuba. What if they contradict each other in a slightly different way, what would seem to be like a less severe way? One of the women says that the husband is dead, and the other one says not just he's dead, but that he was murdered, meaning that he didn't die of natural causes. So they're arguing about how he died, but everyone seems to agree that he is in fact dead. So Rameir somewhat surprisingly says they're contradicting each other on details. Since they're contradicting each other on details, it's hachasha. Hachasha on details uh, disqualifies everybody. So we cannot we cannot accept the edus at all. The Gemara is going to discuss where was Rabbi Meir in the Reisha. Meaning in the Reisha they contradicted each other on more than details. They contradicted each other on whether he was alive or not. And yet Rabbi Meir didn't say a word in the Reisha about neither of them getting remarried. It sounds like everyone agrees in the Reisha that the first woman is allowed to get remarried. Rabbi Yudav, Rabbi Shimon, Amrim, Hold, Shein Kayim Yinasu. Rabbi Yudav, Shimon say, well, they both agree about the essentials of the case, which is that the husband is dead, and therefore they're both allowed to get uh, to get remarried. Eid Omer Meis for Eid Omer Lomeis. If one Eid says that the husband is dead and the other Eid says the husband is not dead. Or Isha Omeris Meis for Isha Omeris Lomeis. One woman says the husband is dead, another woman says the husband is not dead. Harezu Lotinase. Then she's not allowed to get remarried. So now the Gemara is going to make a diuk. 
In the first case, where one of the wives said that the husband is dead, the other wife said he's not dead. So the one that said that he's dead is allowed to get remarried. The one that said that he is not dead is not allowed to get remarried. So the Gemara makes a deal. It's only because she explicitly said, my husband is not dead, that's why she can't get remarried. The implication is, if she didn't say anything, she would be allowed to get remarried because of the first woman saying that the husband is dead, and we would have it. She would have Naamanus across the board, even Klape the Tsara. But that's not true, though. One Tsara is not Naamanus about the other Tsara because we assume she's trying to just destroy her, and that she's not telling the truth that the Tsara's husband is dead. We wanted, that's one of the five women. It's in fact the most severe of the five women that, uh, that have contentious relationships because it's the most contentious of the five relationships. So says Gemara Lo, Mace is Srichale. Now the diuk is a bad diuk. It's not only because she said uh, Lo Mace that she's not allowed to get remarried. Even if she was quiet, she would not be allowed to get uh, remarried. Lo Mace, it's, it's Srichale, but we specifically need to give a case of Lo Mace because Salka Daita Hamina, one might think, Hamayis, that really the guy did die, meaning the fact that she's saying Lo Mace is more of a reason to believe that he did die. And the fact that she's saying he didn't die is just to take down the first woman. She's just trying to ruin the first woman's life and she's willing to ruin her own life in the process. So Kamashmulan therefore comes and tells me they know that even when the second woman says Lo Mace, the first woman still is allowed to get remarried. That's the whole Kiddush. It's about the first woman being allowed to get remarried. But the second woman would not be allowed to get remarried whether she says Lo Mace or whether she doesn't say anything, she would not be allowed to get remarried. Says Tosos over here, Taimadam Lo Mace Hashtik of Him Tomar, my Dayuk, Vahalo Mace it's Srikhale, Lashmin and Shafi Shemachinase. Meaning what's the Diuk over here? That it's only because she says Lo Mace we see that she's not allowed to get remarried, but if she was quiet she would be allowed to get remarried. That's a very poor Diuk. You know why we have to set up the case where she says Lo Mace? Because we're trying to set up a case of Hakhasha so that we could say a very great Chiddush, that even though there's Hakhasha, the first woman is allowed to get remarried. That's the Chiddush of saying Lomay. So we have to set it up as Lomay. It's not a diuk to be made that if she was Shosek, she would be allowed to get remarried. And you can't tell me that it would be Pashut, that even in the case of Hakhasha, that the first woman would be allowed to get remarried since a Tzara cannot be made about, uh, about the other Tzara. So it's Rikhtuva, the that Rameir disagrees with that idea. So don't tell me it's not a Chiddush at all. He says the diuk is the extra words in the Mishnah. It's not the fact that we have to set it up as a case where one says mace, one says lo mace. It's the fact that we have to then say that the one who said lo mace does not get to get remarried. Shouldn't that be obvious that she cannot get remarried? The fact that we have to spell that out tells us it's oh she's only not allowed to get remarried because uh, because she said lo mace. But had she not said lo mace, she would be allowed to get remarried because the Mishnah could have just said that achsomeres mace, vachsomeres lo mace. 
Tinasei, that she can get remarried. Who's she? The first one. And that would be obvious that only the first one would be allowed to get remarried, not the second one. Because the second one, at the very least, is Shavya Nafsha Chaticha di Yisura. So, of course, she would not be allowed to get remarried. Why does it have to spell out Lotinasei? Ah, it's spelling out Arezu Lotinasei to tell me that it's only because she said Lomais that it's, uh, it's Lotinasei. Then the Gemara had said that the Havamina was that really maybe when the second woman is saying Lomais, the Havamina would have been that really he died and she's Dafka saying lo mace to ruin the first woman's life. Says Tosos, Yeshla Nulomar, Shemes Yoser, Mimashaisa Shosekes, Di Shaska Vade Bayola Kulkula, Avuk Shomeris Lomes Machmasina Omeris Kane, Shirotsushetis Again, Di Loya de Demes, Haisa Shosekes, the Kalkula. The fact that she says Lomes is more of an indication that the guy is, is, uh, is alive, that the guy is dead rather, and that she's just trying to ruin her, uh, her tsara than if she didn't say anything. Because it's not a normal thing to do. Who says lo mace? Meaning that's not edos that someone didn't die. Just as if you don't know, which you don't because he's not here right now. If you don't know, you just don't say anything because you don't know. So the fact that she says lo mace is, uh, is more of an indication that she's proactively trying to ruin the other person's life. But still, what's the Havamina over here? The Gemara is saying we would have had a Havamina that even the woman who said her husband is still alive is allowed to get remarried? Whatever happened to Shavya Yeah, we know she's lying because she's trying to ruin her tsara. Great, but still, at least she should have to live by what she's claiming. So of course there's but there are exceptions to if a woman says that something's usher to her she's believed to give an amasla later on there's a whole simon in Hilchas Nida about this let's say a woman comes home one day and tells her husband Amanida or uh, the, the classic example the Gemara gives is she's She's uh, she's as a nida in the neighborhood. It used to be not like today, where people don't go advertising. I don't know, maybe people do. I'm not on Facebook, but I assume that people don't uh, change their Facebook status when they become a nida. So, uh, so it used to be that they had to. They had to change their Facebook status when they became a nida because people had to know, keep truma away from them, make sure you had to, you had to deal with tumas and taras. You had to know when someone was uh, was tame. So they would wear special big day needles. So let's say a woman wears big day needles. So does the and then she tells her husband uh, a couple of hours later, I was just joking, I'm, I'm not really a nida. So is he allowed to believe her? Because already she already wore the big day nidus. So the halach is if she gives an amasl she gives a reasonable excuse as to why she was wearing the big day nidus. Oh, these guys were starting up with me and I just, uh, they were flirting with me, I wanted them to go away. So I put on the big day nidus and that way I figured that would, uh, that would keep them away from me or something like that. She has some sort of amasla. So then she's, the, the shavya goes away. So that's what we're saying over here. The Hava Amina is that this is stronger than Shavya Nafshachatichatisur, that even if she were to give an Amasla later as to why she said 
that her husband didn't die. So, uh, so that's that's stronger than uh, than a regular case of shavia nafshi chaticha disu. That even an amasla would not work over here. Um, okay, so weiter in the Gemara. Achas omeres meis. So we had so we had mentioned that if one uh, if one of them says meis and one of them says neharag, the second case of our Mishnah, then Rabbi Meir says it's edus hachasha. Nobody's allowed to get remarried, even though everyone's agreeing that the husband is dead, but they're arguing about how he died. That's it. No one's allowed to get remarried, according to our mayor. So, frankly, where were you in the Reisha? When they had a real Akhasha. When one of them said he died, one of them said he didn't die. And over there, we allowed the first one to get remarried, and you didn't say anything over there. Two ways of dealing with this. Number one, Am Rebbe Lazar, Rameir disagrees with the Reisha as well. The Reisha reflects the opinion of Rabbi the Rabbi Shimon. But of course, where one woman says that the husband is dead and the other woman says the husband is not dead, of course, Rameir would say that that's Edus HaKhasha and that nobody is allowed to get remarried. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. He says, The Reisha might even be in agreement with Rameir. That if one woman says lomes, that is not considered hachasha to the woman who says that, that to the woman who says mes. Because, why is that not hachasha? Because there is special ne'emanos given to a woman who says that her husband is dead. That is something Chazal gave her ne'emanos for takanas agunos that hamina toruk that haminu haminu We believe her like two edim and Mela, one woman come and saying lomes. We don't know. She doesn't have ne'emanos of two edim. She's just one woman. So that's not called hachasha. So it's remarkable if both women say that the husband is dead, but they argue about how he dead, how he he died. They both both have equal ne'emanos. So that's called hachasha. They're both shnei edim, because both of them are believed to say, each one would be believed to say that the husband is dead or the husband was killed, however he died. That's trey that's So in the case of the seifa, it's trey that's edus hachasha. But in the case of the reisha, the first woman to come and say, my husband is dead, she's ne'emanos kibay trey. We believe her like she's two edim. Then the next woman comes and says, no, he's not dead. Well, she doesn't have any special ne'emanos, so she can't be matchi that first aid. That's not called Akhasha. Tanan, we said in the Mishnah Vaitu that Eidomer Meis, Veidomer Lomes, if one aid says he died and one aid says he didn't die, or Isha Meris Meis, Visha Meris Lomes, one woman says he died, the other woman says he didn't die, Harez Lotinase, no one can get remarried. Bishlam, the Rabbi Lazar, Stamakram Meir. I understand very well, according to Rabbi Lazar, so we're saying uh, the Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Meir. El Rabbi Yochanan Kasha, but according to Rabbi Yochanan, that even uh, Rabbi Meir is the, uh, it would, that Rabbi Meir would agree in the case of the Rasha that it's not called. Hakhasha. So, what's going on in the uh, in the safe of the Mishnah? So, the Gemara says Kasha. So, in Chinami, we have to we have to leave that as a Kasha. Okay, new Mishnah. If a woman goes with her husband to Medina Siam, somewhere far away, Amra, and then she comes back and reports, Meispaali, my husband is dead. Tinase vitito ksubasa, she's allowed to get remarried. She can take her ksuba, but vitsarasa asura. Her co-wives are not allowed to get remarried because a woman is not nemenes about a co-wife. A woman is only nemenes about herself. She doesn't have nemenes about a uh, about, about a tsara, right? When when it's when it's said vitoras vitoras edus, and not only that, 
What if Haisa Basi Sral the Kohen? What if she was a Basi, the Tsara was a Basi Sral the Kohen? The guy that, that, the, uh, that she's claiming is dead is, was a Kohen, and they were both wives of a Kohen. So the Tsara would be Tochal Betruma, the Rebbe Tafram would still be allowed to eat Truma, because the, as far as the Tsara is concerned, the husband is still alive. It's only as far as the woman who came back and said that my husband is dead do we consider the husband dead. But as far as the Tsara is concerned, the husband is still alive, and therefore she's even allowed to eat truma according to Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Kiva Omer Einzu Darach Motziyasum Idei Avera. Now, come on, that's that's t- that's being too risky. The only way to be definitively avoid Avera over here is Achetei Asurli Nasei Vasuru Milachol B'Truma. Is give all the chumras to the tsara. She's not allowed to get remarried because the woman is not a menace about her tsara. But you're not going to let her eat truma either because there's at least a very strong possibility that her husband, who the Kohen, is is already dead. Um, the uh, Tosos is isn't sure, according to the Tanakam, according to Rabbi Tarfon, that she is allowed to eat truma, is that only truma de Rabbanan, or is that even truma da raisa? Meaning, do we go all the, do we go that far to say that even, even truma da raisa, because she's becheskas eishas ish, and there's no neamonus of the tzara to take her out of that chazaka. So mele, her cheskas eishas ish, will allow her even to eat truma da raisa. That's, uh, that's a, a suffix to says. The achronim discuss, uh, the poskim have a suffix. Now, a woman is not believed about her tzara. There is a halacha though. Mishlechonach paskins clearly. A woman is not believed about her tzara, obviously based on what the Mishnah says. However, there is a halacha in Mishlechonach that a kuti, that who normally does not have ne'en manos, is whose masiach lefitumo, that someone dies, the Rabbanu believe ke'edus isha. If a kuti comes and starts talking about all the stories of war, and, what, and in one of his stories he happens to mention that, uh, that the, the guy that, that's married to this woman uh, died in the battlefield, he just mentions the masiach lefitumo, not because he's thinking he's being trusted, so then he's believed. So the postcom discuss what about a tsara who's Masiach Lufituma? Is a tsara Masiach Lufituma Neemenes? Or any of the Khamish Nashim, if they're Masiach Lufituma, if they don't say it at Bitoras Edus, they just say it, I got another story. So a majority of the postcom seem to assume that, that, that a tsara and, and the Khamish Nashim in general would not be believed in Masiach Lufituma because it's more than just a kuti, we're not assuming is viciously trying to do anything. He just doesn't have Neemanus. By these Khamish Nashim, and we assume they're going to go, we even go so far, Thomas Nafshi and Plishtim, they're willing to ruin their own lives to ruin somebody else's life. So would they be willing to be clever enough to be Masiach Lefitumo? Probably. In the Tshuva's Beis Yitzchak, he says, now one could have argued that there's a difference between a Tzara versus everybody else, because the Gemara is going to be Mechalik, we're going to see in today's up, the Gemara is going to be Mechalik that a Tzara uh, loses a lot, a, a lot more from her Tzara than all the other relationships do, because it's Tzara de Gufa. She physically loses out on her husband's presence presence in, in, in her bedroom at, at night because he's got another wife that, he's, that he has to be with also, whereas everyone else, it's only emotional tsar. It's not tsar dugufa. Tsara is probably emotional tsar also, plus tsar dugufa. So the tsara, one could have argued, would be, maybe be more strict on this level than, than, than others, and there are postkin that say that way, but the Tshuva's base Yitzchak says now we would not assume a tsara would be meaning he said one could, could have argued that a tsara would not be now menace as Masiach Lafituma, but the other uh, uh, four of the Chamesh Nashim would be Nehemiah with Masiach Lefituma. Anyway, next case in the uh, in the Mishnah, um, the Amram Meis Ba'ali Vacharkach Meis Meis Chami. 
if a woman says my husband died and then my father-in-law died. So tinase vitito ksubas, or not in that, it doesn't matter because let's assume there are other children. It's not a yibum situation over here. She's just trying to say that her husband died so she's allowed to get remarried and her father-in-law died so her mother-in-law is allowed to get remarried. So she says that both her husband and her father-in-law died. Tinase vitito ksubasa vechamosa asura. So she can get remarried and take her ksuba but her mother-in-law is not allowed to get remarried because we don't believe her about her mother-in-law. That's one of those contentious relationships. If the mother-in-law was married to a Kohen, again, Rabbi Tafrin will say she's allowed to eat Truma because she's still that she's married to the Kohen. That's not a good way to avoid doing Averos. You have to play it safe. She's not allowed to get remarried and she's not allowed to eat Truma. So why do we need both cases? Both the case of a Tzara and a case of Chamosa, a case of a mother-in-law. Aren't they essentially the same thing. We're saying in both cases that uh, that there's a machlokus whether the woman who she's not believed about is allowed to eat truma or not. So why do we have to why do we have to mention both of these cases? Utsricha. We need to mention both of these cases for the following reason. If we only were to mention the first case, I would have said that's where Rabbi Tarfan says that she's allowed to that she's allowed to eat truma because there's tsara dugufa by its tsara, and therefore we really assume she's lying and she's just trying to bring down uh, we really, she has no nemonis whatsoever about her tsara, so that's why the, the, the other wife would still be allowed to eat truma, but chamosa, where the tsar is not really quite the same it's tsar of milu alma. it's tsar that the mother-in-law is going to speak badly about her to her husband, it's not a physical tsar, so maybe Rabbi Tarfon would be modet Rabbi Akiva and if we only have the Safer, we would say that's where Rabbi Akiva is so lenient to allow the uh, the tzara, it's, it's so it's so to not allow the tzara to eat truma because we assume it's a safek that maybe she should, maybe the husband really is dead. But maybe in the ratio he'd be mother to Rabbi Tarfin that by tzara the husband is definitely not dead and uh, there's no nemanus whatsoever. So tzricha, so that's why we have to mention both the ratio and the seifa. What does emerge from this gemara is very clearly that the tzara is the most contentious of the five relationships and the reason for that is that Sara de Gufa is a more significant Sar. In Chashuk Echemer, Zilberstein discusses, what if you have uh, a guy who has a, a chesed apartment? He, he gives out his apartment to people who need various chasadim and there are two people that, uh, that apply for the apartment. One of them has, uh, has their own apartment but because they have such a large family, they don't have their own bedroom. The couple doesn't have their own bedroom. They're always sharing a bedroom with, uh, with other members of the family and the other one has, doesn't even have their own apartment, so they live with the mother-in-law. They live with the guy's uh, with the guy's mother, but they do have their own bedroom in the mother-in-law's apartment. It's just annoying to live with the mother-in-law. So who gets uh, kedima? So he says the couple that doesn't have their own bedroom gets kedima because that's tsara degufa because that's going to prevent them from tashmish the fact that they're sharing a bedroom with uh, with family members. But if they're living by the mother-in-law, it's tsar. It's a tsar to live by the mother-in-law, but it's it's not uh, it's it's not tsara degufa. So it's a lesser uh, because they have their own bedroom. It's a lesser tsar. So he's based on this, uh, this, this, this Gemara over here. Now, we mentioned yesterday, it's important to, to point out, the Mishnah Melech 
the Mishnah Lamelech in Hilchus Gerushin explains the Machlokas in our Mishnah between Rabbi Tarfan and Rabbi Akiva. That Rabbi Tarfan holds that the fact that the Tzara is not Ne'emenes about her Tzara is a Din Vadai, that the Chacham were never Misakin, that she has Ne'emenes at all, and therefore we go back to the Din Torah, that Ne'ed Echel is not Ne'eman, to say that a person died, so she's, she remains, the other wife remains, and therefore even the Chumrah will ask her to, to, to ask her Bichuma, she would be Ne'emenes, meaning we will still allow the other woman to eat Truma because there's no Ne'emenes whatsoever. She is totally Becheskas Eishasish and she's Becheskas married to a Kohen. Whereas Rabbi Kiva said that no, the Chacham don't say that it's Sarah has no Ne'emenes at all. What they said is that we're not sure about it. We have to question the Ne'emenes of it's Sarah. That, uh, that when it's Sarah, she might be motivated to lie because of her Sinah and because she might be motivated to lie because of her Sinah, maybe we shouldn't believe her, but it's not that we go back to the Din Torah of Eidecha not being believed. She's still, uh, it's still B'makom Igun. We still generally do believe in Eidecha. It's just L'chumra. So therefore, we're going to believe her L'chumra to stop the other woman from eating Truma. And based on that, says in the Mishnah Melech, when it comes to Nisuin, according to Rabbi Akiva, she'd be Nehmanus L'chumra as well. Meaning, uh, if, uh, if she was Mizana, the Vlad is not a Vade Mamzer. It's a, it's a Safek Mamzer. And it's Aser, and would be Aser mamzer, uh, to Mamzeres on a Durabanan level. The child would be a Suffolk Mamzer. Also, she was, like we mentioned yesterday, she was Makabal Kiddushin from someone else. Does she need to get from someone else? So, Vadai, not menace, and the woman is still considered to be fully married, so she's Makabal Kiddushin from someone else. She's not going to need to get. It's, not an, it's a nothing, that Kiddushin. But if you say, like Rabbi Akiva, that it's only Batara Suffolk, so then she will need a get from, uh, from someone else. That's how the Mishnah Melech explains the Machlok in our uh, in our Mishnah. Chef Shmeitzer in Shmeitzer Zayin uh, explains the Machlokas a little differently. He says that Rabbi Kiva also agrees that when it comes to Nisuin, it's, uh, she has a din of a Vada'i Eshesish, and therefore she's Mizana the Vlada's Vada'i Mamzer. If she's Mekabal Kedushim from someone else, she's Vada'i not going to require again. A tsar is not Nemenes to be made at all, even Luchumra, even according to Rabbi Akiva. And he says the Raya is from the Mishnah that said that even if she says that the husband didn't die, she's not Nemenes to be Machish Atzara who says that he did die. So the Chef Shmeitzer says what's behind Rabbi Akiva, that she's in Rabbi Akiva's Shita, that she's not allowed to eat Truma, is since Legabe Atzma she's Nehmenes. And Mutaris Linase, we can't allow the Tzara to eat Truma because that would be a Tarti disastri. Because if this woman will go and get married and this woman is going to go and eat Truma uh, because uh, as if she's still in Ashish Kohen, so one of them is Vadai violating an Isser. So to create that blatant Tarti Disaster. It's one thing to say that the woman shouldn't get remarried, but to, to allow her to eat truma creates a blatant tarti disaster about the, uh, the, the whether the, the husband is uh, is still alive or not. Okay, weiter in the in the Gemara. Amr Rabbi Yehuda, that's six lines from the bottom. Amr Yudah, Amr Shmuel. Halachak Rabbi Tarfon. Then we paskin like Rabbi Tarfon. Amr Rabbi, meaning Rabbi Tarfon, is again the one that said in the Mishnah that the, the Tzara is even still allowed to eat truma because she can assume that her husband is completely alive. Amr Rabbi, Afanan Nami Tanina. We have a Raya. Nitan Li Ben, B'Medina Siyam. We're going to see in the Mishnah Nam Bez. If a woman comes and says, this woman, we had no idea she ever had any children. When she left, she didn't have any children. She comes back and says, oh, by the way, 
while I was gone with my husband, I gave birth to a son, and then, but my son died first, and then my husband died, so it's as if I didn't have a son, because I still need a Yibum, we believe where we allow her to do Yibum, because we never knew she had a son in the first place, but if she says, oh yeah, my son was born, and then my husband died, and then my son died, so I don't need Yibum, I should be able to be Mutaris L'Shok, we don't believe her. But we're at least choshish l'dvareha. Then maybe uh, she she she's she's telling the truth, and therefore she needs chalitza, but she doesn't get yibum. So l'dvareha who dechoshin haladivreitzara in choshin shmamina. So we see that when are we ever choshish? Only when it's her own words, when it's the, the when it's the, the woman talking about her own husband. But if uh, it's a woman talking or her own situation, copy her husband. But if it's a woman talking about her tzara, then there's not even a choshish in meaning we assume that it's uh, that it's as if there was no edels given whatsoever and she remains b'cheskas heishas ish no mishnah kidesh achas mechamish nashim a man is mekadesh one of five women but he's not sure which woman he was mekadesh ven yodei ezo kidesh kol achas amerasosi kidesh each one says I'm the lucky winner I'm the one that uh, that he was mekadesh no sin get lekol achas v'achas amenich ksub benayan he gives a get to each and every one of them but the ksub he doesn't have to pay to each and every one of them just puts the ksub down between them umistalik and the, and then he leaves and lets them fight it out. Different Rabbi Tavon. The Rishonim say it doesn't really mean he uh, he puts it down and lets them uh, fight it out. He puts it in Beisdin and lets each of them try to prove that they're the ones to to deserve the Ksuba. Rabbi Akiva Omer Einzu Derech Motzi Rabbi Akiva says that's not really the safest way to play things. You want to play things in a way that's very safe to make sure that you're uh, that you're not violating thing and that you're not that you're not doing anything wrong. So Ashi didn't get Ksuba Kolachas Vachas. You have to give a get and a Ksuba to each and every one of them, because each and every one of them might be your wife. Gazal echel mechamisha is a gazal. Or similarly, if you steal from one of five people and you don't know who you stole from, osi gazal. Each person says, "I'm the one that was stolen from. You owe me the money." Maniach gizela benayan umestalik div Rabbi Tarfon. You put the gizela down and uh, and 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 you walk out, and then you could just leave it at that. Uh, everyone wants to claim that that it belongs to them, uh, but you just you just you don't have to return it five times, Rabbi. Rabbi Kiva says that's not the safest way to do it. The safest way to do it is be mishalim, pay to each and every one of them, and that in that way you'll know that you'll have fulfilled your uh, your chiyuvim klape shemaya by by paying to each and every to each and every person. So says Gemara. Wait a second. Kiddish katani ba'alokatani. The case was that you're not sure which woman you were mekadesh. It doesn't say you're not sure which woman you were boel. Sounds like if you would have been boel, then the halacha would be different. Why would the halacha be different? If you look at Rashi, kiddish katani in the top, the ikel lemeimar. I would say that's where Abitarfan lets you off easy when you were Makadesh one of five women because you didn't really do anything major to humiliate anybody. Since you were you you you, de- you degraded this woman by doing Kidushe Bia, then maybe we, re- we even Rabbi Tarfan would 
would agree that you'd have to give everybody the money because you have to make sure that you that you uh, that, that, that you're mechaper for uh, for embarrassing somebody. So you have to pay for that handsomely. You have to pay the ksuba to all of them. If you think about that, Rav Zilberstein points out it's an exorbitant sum of money that you're paying. The ksuba is supposed to be enough to support a woman for a year. So he says, uh, in modern terms, in Eretz Yisrael, it's 80,000 shekel. So you're doing that to five women. So you're talking about 400,000 shekel, you know, in Eretz Yisrael, whatever it would be, whatever it is in America, you know, to, to support someone for a year. So do that times five. And all that, why? Because you humiliated somebody. And that's what you have to pay for kapara, for humiliating someone. So he was asked the case where uh, a chasun backed out of a wedding two days before a wedding. And uh, he wants to get kapara for embarrassing the kala and embarrassing her family. And she said, okay, give me $100,000. So, uh, so he he uh, he wants to know is that reasonable or is she being uh, unreasonable? He says seems pretty reasonable to me. Sounds over here that you got to pay to when you humiliate someone. It's a very tremendous sum of money that you have to pay to be mechaper for humiliating somebody. It's different because <laughs> I mean, it's for a lot of reasons. But one of them is that over here you're not paying to be mechaper for humiliating somebody. What you're paying for is that it's not a humiliation if it's your wife. So by paying your ksuba, you're acknowledging you you may have you may you may have have uh, been been my wife, meaning uh, that's uh, it's, it's a little bit of a. I guess it is humiliation because we're saying that the guy that the woman that she, he was actually, uh, yeah, right. Because the woman who's actually novellist is not going to get a ksuba. So it's saying that stama was bowling you that it's not even uh, that you weren't even my wife. So I don't know. It's, it seemed to be a little bit of a, of a different different situation. Anyway, so kiddish katani bolo katani, but it didn't say a case of bol. So it sounds like in a case of boel that Allah would be different. Gazal katani, lakach lo katani. And instead of a case of stealing, didn't say a case of you bought something and you just haven't paid for it yet and you, you, you're looking to to, to pay. Uh, so it doesn't, doesn't say that case. Sounds like the Allah would be different in that case. So money must listen. Who is the author of our mission that says that it's dafka in a case of kiddish and gazal? So it turns out, lo tanakam below Rabbi Shimon Elazar. We have a bryson with two opinions in Tanaim, and this doesn't match either one. The Tanya Rabbi Shimon Elazar Omer lo nech lo kur Rabbi Tarfur Rabbi Kival shakidish achas michamish nashem ben yodei is of kiddish shemniach subenayin mustalik. That Rabbi Shimon Elazar says if all you did was mekadesher, then everyone would agree you could just pay once. Alma nech lo al shabal the whole machlokas between Rabbi Tarfur Rabbi Kival is only if you were baal. Rabbi Tarfur Omer niach subenayin mustalik. Rabbi Kival Omer achi yishalim kolachas vachas. Rabbi Tarfur says you can put down the ksuba and go away, and Rabbi Kival says you got to pay everybody. And also, Rabbi Kiva Rabbi Tafram would agree if you made a purchase and you just don't know who to pay for that purchase, that you only have to pay once. They only argue in a case of Gezel. So, from the fact that says that in the cases of Kidesh and Lakach, there's no Machlokas Rabbi Kivan Rabbi Tarfon, Machal Tanakama, Sovereign Pliki. Sounds like those are the cases that the Tanakama holds that they do argue. Well, then, money, who's the author of our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah didn't say that they argue about Kidesh and Lakach, nor, nor did it say they argue about uh, Baal and Gazal. It said they argued about Kidesh and Gazal. So, Tanakama, listen to Kidesh Velakach. If our Mishnah reflected the opinion of the Tanakama, it should have given cases of Kidesh and Lakach, 
not Kiddush and Gazal. And here, Rabbi Shimon Elazar, if our Mishnah reflected the, the sheet of Rabbi Shimon Elazar, the Mishnah should have said, listen, Baal Gazal. It should have said the cases of Baal and Gazal, because those are the only two cases where there's really a machlokas. Says more of the other Rabbi Shimon Elazar. Umay Kiddush, Kiddush Bibiyah. Kiddush is not a stira to the word bia. There are three ways to be mekadesh. There's kesef shtar and bia. So really, the Mishnah reflects the shita of Rishon and Lazar. And when it says kiddush achas michamish nashim, it means that you were mekadesh bebia achas michamish nashim. So that's why that's why we dafka say it has to reflect Rishon and Lazar. You can't say it reflects the shita of the Tanakama. And when it says gazal, it really means lakach because gazal doesn't mean lakach. But kiddush can actually mean kiddush bebia. So tana kiddush l diachu kochad rabbi kiva dafka and it says both the first case of the Mishnah and the second case of the Mishnah to let you know, this is just a side point, to let you know how serious each of the Tanaim in the Mishnah are about their Shita. That it says the case of Kiddush, where what did you do already that was so wrong? You were Makadish Bibia. So okay, you violated Nisr Drabanan. So still, uh, the, still uh, um, the uh, Rabbi Kiva is going to say that you have to pay five times. And, and uh, it says the case of Gaza, I'll say that even though you violated the Raisa by stealing, Rabbi Tafran will still say you only have to pay one time. Last Mishnah in the parak. A woman goes with her husband to Medina Siam, Ubna Imayim, together with their child. Ubas of Armish comes home alone and she says, My husband died first, then my son, I don't need Yibum. We believe her. She says, My son died first, then my husband, so I do need Yibum. We don't believe her to allow her to do Yibum, but we're at least Choshesh that maybe she needs Yibum. And therefore, we do Chalitza. But let's say she didn't have any children when she left, and she says, Oh, yeah, I had a kid when I was in Medina Siam. And then uh, she says, And my son died first, and then my husband died. So she's going to be believed in that case because we didn't even know she ever had a son. So she's going to be believed that uh, she requires Yibum. She says that her husband died first and then her son, and therefore she doesn't need Yibum. And in Amenus, we don't believe her that she doesn't need Yibum, but or at least that she doesn't need Yibum. So she does Chalitza and not Yibum. Let's say she says, Oh, yeah, my mother in law had another son when, uh, when I was in Siam. So I now have a Yavam. Uh, and she says, But my, and my husband died first and then my Yavam died, or Yavami Vachach Baili, or my Yavam died, and then my husband died, meaning she invents the Yavam and then says that the Yavam died, Nemenes. So she's believed about that because we didn't know about the Yavam in the first place. But what if we knew she had a Yavam? She, her husband, and the Yavam all go to Medina Siam. And then she comes back, Amra, she comes back alone and she says, My husband died, and then my Yavam died, or Yavami Vachach Baili, or my Yavam died, and then my husband died. We don't believe her. A woman is not believed to say that a Yavam died so that she can now go get married to whoever she wants. Nor she can, is a woman believed to say that her sister died so that she could then marry her sister's husband. And similarly, a man is not believed to say that his own brother died to allow him to do Yibam on the brother's wife. 
so sheisachosa. Men is also not believed to say that his wife died to allow him to marry his wife's sister. So frakli gemara boy minay ravim and avnachman hamazaka getli ishto b'makom yavam mahu. What if a man has a brother and he doesn't want his wife to have to face yibum? So he's mezaka get to his wife. His wife's not there, so they do it through zachal nadam shalom b'fanav. Someone is zochal the get. He has a shliach the kabbalah. That's mezaka the get for the wife. That's kona the get for the wife. Do we assume that that works? Is that is that really a zechus? Kibun to Sanyale is a Since she hates the Yavam, it's a zechus for her to not have to face Yibum. Vizachal Adam Shlobifanov, and therefore it works. Odilma, Kibun to Zimnin Darachamale, Chovela, Vain Chovela Adam Shlobifanov. Or maybe sometimes she doesn't mind the Yavam. Maybe she likes him. And therefore it's a Chov. She would prefer to be with the Yavam. So Amalei Tanina, Vachoshal Dvrev, Vachalatzis Vlomis Yavemes. It says in the, in the, in the Mishnah, that were at least choshen and therefore she's uh, she's velomis velomis So you see that we, that in each case you have to worry that maybe she hates the yavam, maybe she loves him, and that's why uh, we're choshen because we don't know whether to believe her. Maybe she's trying to dafka avoid the yavam, maybe she's trying to dafka be with the yavam. So we're not sure about the relationship. What if uh, they've been fighting? There's been katata, whatever the technical definition we discussed earlier. Of Katata is, and he's Mazaka get to his wife who he's been fighting with. What's the din then? Even this Katata Badezhusula, do we assume the get is now is a chus for her? Because she's been going around claiming she's divorced anyway. Or maybe she just wants to be with somebody. So maybe she just wants to be with somebody, and that's what's better for her, even if she can't get along with him. Tashma Adam Reshlakish. Now the Gemara is going to say in four different ways that a woman would rather be married to a low life than be single. Tav l'meis of tandu l'meis of armlu, she'd rather be with another person than to be an almana. Abayi yomer to shemshemana gavra, if her husband is uh, is short as an ant, korse bechar saramula, she'll still uh, she'll still sit her chair amongst the free women, meaning socially it still puts her in a married woman's circle and that's all she cares about. Rav Papa Amar to nafza gavra, if her husband combs wool for a living, tikri b'seif above of a taste, if she's still going to wait for him at the doorstep and uh, sit with him. Rav Ashi Amar to kulsa gavra, her if her husband has a terrible yichus, she still needs lentils to put in her pot. So she still needs someone to bring home the food. But when she's married to a lowlife, she's going to resent it and she's going to be mezana. And she'll just say that all the children are the husband's children, but still she's, uh, she would rather stay married. Tomorrow we will pick up with the last paragraph of Yavamis.